Jenny. This is Inya. And this is Unbounded Compass. This week we are talking a lot about culture sort of on a broader spectrum. We kind of started with our snow day and got interested in like how just regular things we don't think about affect us depending on where we've been, where we've lived, and where we've traveled. Or experienced. Right. I hope you uh, enjoyed our articles on our blog. And this week we are going to talk about more uh, experience and travel stories that we didn't talk about our blogs and we'll just deliver it to you. All right, should we get started? Yes. So we talked about uh, snow and perspective. So how did you come up with this story this time? Well, to be honest, we had some other topics we were going to talk about, mm -hmm. but then we had a snow day and the kids were home from school and mm -hmm. it got me thinking about the way people deal with snow here compared to other places that I've lived, which I mean, some people, weather's an interesting thing to talk about on some levels, like that might seem boring. Generally, when I plan a trip to go somewhere, I'll check and see, you know, is it going to be warm or is it going to be yeah. rainy, but kind of superficially. And there is a lot more nuance, I think, to the weather than you might consider when you're traveling somewhere, which might be important. <laughs> like, for example, on the blog post, I talked about the difference of the way people react to the snow, like mm -hmm. when I lived in Idaho or Utah, and it was very planned for and so the snow really didn't slow people down right as opposed to here where they don't get very much snow so it became a big issue but also thinking about something like just the rain here because Washington is definitely known for its rain and how that is pervasive all year there's so much rain but rain when you say rain you just what do you even think of there's so many types of rain that I found interesting like for example when we lived in Utah we didn't get a lot of rain and you pretty much only got it during like spring or fall Mm -hmm. and it was typically some pretty heavy rain. You could be out walking on a nice spring day, and it could seem pretty clear, and then out of nowhere you would just get hit with this downpour, and you'd have really? to run, which was kind of fun and interesting, and sometimes there'd be lightning. I remember driving one time, and it suddenly hit while driving, and it, the roads just filled with water, and it was like, oh my gosh, I have to get home, and it's it was free, huh? pounding rain, which is kind of fun, but it's more fun if you're inside. Than mm, if you're out right. of it. <laughs> but then when we moved here, I remember when we came house hunting, it was August, which mm. is the warmest month here usually. Right. But even still, we there was this fine mist in the air. Yeah, it was almost like, like someone that, was yeah. just misting you mm. while you were walking around. It was still pretty warm. Right. And another thing that was kind of cool is if you got up early in the morning, and this is still one of my favorite things, when we were driving to come see this house that we were going to buy, mm -hmm. we passed a lot of pastures and fields. And there was just ah. like this really low layer, this little thin layer of kind of fog that oh, just yeah. hung right over the grass. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so pretty and it just seemed sort of magical. Right. And I think that's really cool. I hadn't experienced anything like that elsewhere. We got a lot of fog in Idaho. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that much fog in Utah, but then this weird mist we would get here. So it's just interesting to think about the differences beyond hot, cold, rain, snow, and what that means. Because here we get rain, pounding rain, we get that misty rain, we get this weird thing that my daughter loves where it can be totally sunny out and there'll be like one cloud and it'll be raining through the sun. It's right. very strange. But it's kind of fun to think about. You might not experience that if you just, you know, made a short trip or whatever. But when you've lived a few places, the differences are a little bit more than you might expect. Right. So reading through your first article about the snow, I kind of come up with this question because in Korea we do get a lot of snow as you see that we had a great winter Olympics this time. Very cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very cold and so people are, I mean the cities clear up the road and get rid of snow, they work a lot on that too but people, you know, all the individuals have their own snow tires or chains. 
to work through the way to go to work or to school but here everything just stopped and I'm like why are you not even bothering to buy a one of those tools to make your you know make your driving safer or easier a few people do mm. but not very many. And I think it's partly because we don't really have snow like that very often. Right. And so I think they might not think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. But like the schools, for example, they, they send out buses to get the right. kids. So if there's snow or if there's ice or if they think it would be unsafe, the school doesn't want to be liable for those kinds of accidents. Mm-hmm. So they don't just cancel the buses. They cancel school. So, I mean, if it's just, if it's not really bad, they'll just put them on modified snow routes. So it's a little safer. They don't have to go up the hills. But like the district we're in, half the district's up in the hills. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing we have here with snow is we don't get really cold we, we just like hover around freezing so it's like rain freezing rain snow rain free- <laughs> so you end up with this layer of ice, ice uh-huh. and you can't i mean chains and snow tires don't do that much mm-hmm. on the ice right. either so it's probably not really worth it it's just dangerous to go out in it you're like a toboggan run coming down the hills so I guess they just figure, I'll just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We talked about the travel experiences a lot before, personally, right? Whenever yes. we were meeting up. And uh, this time I was able to uh, read through your experiences in Korea mm-hmm. on the blog. What was your first impression like when you arrived at the airport in Korea? Well, I do know I had planned for months and months and months mm. because I didn't want to get there and be super stressed out. So one of the things that I did was to arrange for a driver to pick us up because okay. I didn't want to arrive in a foreign country when I knew very little of the language mm. and have to try and figure out public transportation right away, especially because I don't really use public transportation here. So mm. my main concern was getting out, finding our driver. Mm. And I mean, it was obvious right away. We were definitely in a country that was full of people unlike ourselves, which is, you know, we expected that. So that wasn't shocking. But as we came out and we were sort of scanning the crowd for our driver with the sign that said our name Mm -hmm. and we found him pretty quickly, but it was funny because we kind of made eye contact with him and the man next to him who was waiting for someone kind of looked us up and down and looked up our our driver up and down and he was, and he just said, so tall. And then kind of made hand motions like, yeah, you're not that tall because our driver was shorter than we were, which I thought was kind of funny that they right away that we stood out. That's for sure. And then we got in the car and it's an hour drive from Inchon to Seoul. So we were just going to head to our hotel. But before that, we had made friends with this woman online and she doesn't live in Seoul, but she was going to be in Seoul mm-hmm. at a fan meeting for Yoo Yeonsuk. And so she had hoped that we could meet her there. Okay. But the timing, I didn't think we'd get there in time, but we landed earlier than I thought. Oh. So, so as we were driving... I realized, you know, well, we might be able to make it. So I was kind of messaging with her. And as we got into the city, he took a different route than I expected him to because I had studied the map so much. I knew where we okay, were. Okay. And I was like, he's going to drive right past the college where this fan meeting is. We could totally stop and meet wow. her. That's perfect. So, but I realized pretty quickly that our driver didn't speak very much English and I didn't uh-huh. really speak much Korean. So trying to get him to change route Mm. and go to the college and drop us off Um, that was a little bit of a fiasco but I managed to get him to the university and then I was trying to tell him where on the university that he should take us mm-hmm. and he he was just like I have no idea what you're what you're saying <laughs> and he seemed really like I'm sorry I don't know what you're saying um, and he pulled over and he stopped this delivery scooter uh-huh. guy and, yeah, yeah. and talked to him and I had said Samsung Hall Samsung Hall so he repeated that I think he thought it was English and didn't realize that that was the name of the hall 
And the guy understood and knew where we were going and pointed mm -hmm. where he should take us. So mm -hmm. he drove us into the parking garage and dropped us off. And he just looked so nervous, like, I'm just leaving you these too? foreigners here who <laughs> don't speak the language. And this wasn't where I was supposed to take them. And he seemed genuinely concerned that he was leaving us there. But he was like, okay. <laughs> And he left us there and it all worked out. But I mean, I did think just that everyone was so willing to try and help us and willing to try and understand us. Mm -hmm. And they were just super friendly. And even when we got to the fan meeting, mm -hmm. at one point we were being escorted kind of around to the back of the, the hall that mm -hmm. he was in. And there were some people who were sitting along the hall prepping the gift bags. Mm -hmm. And they were saying hello to all the people walking by. Because everyone else with us was Korean. So right. they were saying hello to them in Korean. But mm -hmm. as soon as they saw us, they got all excited and tried to speak English to us. So mm -hmm. I think my first impression was just that people were nice and they, they wanted us to feel welcome. Mm. That's great. Then how would you differentiate Seoul in different major cities in the U.S.? Then? Seoul is a huge city, and I don't know that I've... I mean, the U.S. cities aren't as big as that. I've mm -hmm. been to a few major cities. I've been to L.A., San Francisco, New York, Seattle, Boston, and there are definitely some things you could compare between the two. I mean, there were a few things that stood out to me, for example. I remember when we got there, everything just felt so clean. Everywhere we went, like, I haven't... I don't live in a city. I live sort of outside of a city. Mm -hmm. But even still, I just assumed all cities were just kind of big, dirty cities. <laughs> and Seoul was super clean. We would walk by and whole crews would be cleaning buildings and the flagstone out front. I mean, they would even be scrubbing the fire hydrant. Mm -hmm. And at one point, the subway entrance near our hotel, the one entrance was closed because they were soaping down the steps and cleaning the subway. I mean, everything was clean, mm -hmm. which I thought was really great. And also, the public transportation there was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it was easy to figure out. It got us everywhere we needed to go. It was cheap. I never felt unsafe. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was great. We used it the whole time we were there, everywhere we went. Mm -hmm. Oh, another thing that was really cool that I'd never seen in a city before, I don't know if it's in a U.S. city, but I've never seen one before, mm -hmm. and it's the underground crosswalk thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so instead of having to cross this big, busy street, it looks right. like you're going down into a subway, and it's just an underground passage. And yeah, you can, a lot of you gates can, and go different directions. Yeah, and yeah. you can go across, across to the diagonal side <laughs> yes. if you wanted, rather than having to cross twice on the street. Right. And those two were also very clean. And little tiny shops. Yeah, with it. some of them had shops in them. Uh -huh. And the thing that shocked us, we never saw homeless people anywhere, but we noticed a couple of them said shelter on them. Mm. And I I didn't know if that was like that they were intended for homeless people. I never saw them during the day, but at night sometimes when we would be going back to our hotel and we would cross under a street after dark and there would be homeless people sleeping along the sides. It was oh, okay. super clean and they were never there during the day. Mm -hmm. But it was funny because Hannah, mm -hmm. my 18-year-old, she didn't want to walk down there at night because she was worried she would wake them up. She oh. felt bad, like, Aww. our footprints, I mean, our footsteps are so loud. If we walk down there, we'll disturb their sleeping. So if, if we came home, you know, after 10, back to our hotel, she would make us find an above-ground crosswalk so oh, we didn't yeah. disturb the people sleeping down there, Aww. which I thought was funny. But those were cool. Yeah. Also, another thing that I loved about Seoul was how many free things that were available for the public to do mm -hmm. around town. Like, I don't remember seeing that many kinds of things in U.S. cities. I mean, maybe they're there and I'm just not aware, yeah. but... We walked along the river, and there were all these parks down there. Yeah. There were, like, outdoor sport courts that mm -hmm. were available. The exercise gyms mm -hmm. that were all over, that, those were really cool. Yeah. And then there was 
one building down there that had like a children's area and a and a library and I mean just these all these places that you could just go in that were available mm-hmm. for free. We went through Soul Forest and we went through this area that had like an insectarium where you could go in and see these weird bugs in their habitats and they had like a little bunny zoo and all the stuff we could do for free. Was this uh, near Changgecheon? I assume. Um, that part wasn't, but mm-hmm. even that's really cool. That right. outdoor area yeah. too. It, it was is. more like it was over by Soul Forest, I think. Okay. So, I don't know, maybe Hannah was the one that who started uh, interested in yes. Korean culture and dramas. Mm-hmm. And so you watch a lot of dramas and you read a lot of books about Korea too. Right. And how was real Korea really compared to YouTube videos and Korean dramas? Well, when we watch the Korean dramas, mm-hmm. we assume, well, they're not that realistic. Because if you really based America on American dramas... But that's how people see America. I know. <laughs> but, but I know they're not that accurate. Right. So I assume that the Korean dramas are overly dramatic or they're not that accurate. And in some ways they probably aren't. <laughs> but something surprised me. Like a couple things that we noticed that we had seen were like the the couple outfits, <laughs> which we thought was so cutesy and kind of fun, but we saw so many matching couples completely decked out in couple outfits, which was kind of fun to see. Hannah thought they were adorable. She's like, I need a boyfriend so we can wear couple outfits. Really? Um, and so she, she's even gone on some websites just to look up couple outfits for fun <laughs> after that because she thought that was so adorable. Uh-huh. Um, a couple other things that we heard, we heard that people were were kind of rude and they'd be in your space and they would say things to you like, you know, what's wrong with your skin or whatever, that they would be very, very straightforward and they were, right. and that sometimes that people would perceive that as rude. Mm-hmm. I never had anything rude said to us. We did have a lot of people come up and want to take pictures with us mm-hmm. or people would say things mm-hmm. to us, mostly Hannah. People would tell Hannah she was beautiful a mm-hmm. lot, which mm-hmm. was fun. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. Maybe <laughs> people wouldn't think that was fun. But other than that, I mean, there we got quite a bit of attention. A lot of people wanted to take pictures with us. At one point, we were at a historical site, and there was this older gentleman who just followed us around everywhere, everywhere? taking pictures of us, not even trying to pretend he wasn't taking pictures of us. Every time <laughs> we turned around, he was taking pictures of us, which was funny. And I'm sure it's because we're very blonde and we're very tall and right. we stood out. Mm. But I really just kind of wanted to turn and start taking pictures of him just to see what he would do. <laughs> really? I didn't. I kind of wish I had. I just ignored him. But you know, some of those things... People had warned us, oh, you're going to get a lot of attention. Although I think we really didn't get any negative attention, Mm. which was good. And then the girls were excited to go to Hongdae because they had heard a lot about the things that would happen at night. The clubs. The clubs, which we didn't really go to the clubs, but a lot of the street dancers and things Mm. like that. So we went a couple of times and watched some of the groups do their street dancing. And they took pictures with one of the groups, which is going to debut now. Oh, really? They're excited. They have pictures with them. Mm. So some of those things that we had seen came true. Mm. We got a lot of warning about Ajumas being like super forceful and wanting to take your seats on the subways. We saw a lot of them, but they were never, we didn't have any of them be rude to us or be super aggressive. So. That's nice. Speaking of dramas, I watched Friends. Mm-hmm. Based on that, I thought, well, everybody's really super friendly and then everybody doesn't mind talking to people, even if they are strangers. That kind of sort of matched quite a bit with my expectations. People are saying that Canadian people are more like countryside people, so they are like a more mellow and they are nice. And but American people are more like city people, so they are very selfish or they are very more aggressive. Aggressive and 
they have very high self-esteem as well. So you know, you shouldn't make any bad comments about certain things. As you you said, the Korean people say things very directly. You're like, hey, you got fat, or hey, your hair looks weird. It's not a big problem. But here, oh, I like your shoes, or I like your T-shirt, or I like your hairstyle today. Like all compliment words. Mm-hmm. So is it kind of pretentious? I think it partially depends on where you are in the country, too, because if you're on the East Coast, I think they are a little bit more straight-talking, a little bit more okay. impatient. I don't know if it's because they're necessarily cocky, mm. but I think they're more just, they'll tell you like it is, and they'll if, you don't have to ask them what they're thinking, because they'll just tell you what they're thinking. Mm. Like New York and Boston and some of those places are definitely more like that, but mm. having grown up on the West Coast, I fall into the category of... Oh, those shoes are so cute. Or, oh, your hair looks nice. And I'll say things to people in public. but uh-huh. And sometimes people look surprised, but I think that's a lot more common. In here, this here, area. in this area. Oh, I see. Any cultural shock then? I think we were pretty prepared when mm-hmm. we went. Mm-hmm. And we were there, I mean, we were there 11 days. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if we were there longer, or if we were actually living there, we would have been long enough to see some of the things that we, we did weren't <laughs> that we weren't ready for but we didn't see some of that stuff maybe uh-huh. um but i think we kind of had a pretty clear idea of what to expect when uh-huh. we got there so maybe we didn't have too much culture shock but there was one thing my daughter mentioned she had watched a video of these koreans who were they might have been american korean but they were checking to see how other koreans would react and one of the things they did was when it was raining, they would go up to somebody coming out of a subway with a with an umbrella, mm. and they would ask them if they would let them stand under the umbrella with them while they walked to the next covered area. Right, yeah. And everybody helped them out. Mm. Everybody was super friendly mm. and offered the umbrella. Mm. And there were even some instances where somebody would get out of the umbrella, and they would get wet in order to make sure the person who was asking didn't get wet. Yeah, yeah. Or if they would have walked to the subway because they were going to go down, right. and the person standing was like, can you turn around and walk me back to that covered area you just came from under your umbrella? Mm-hmm. And they would do it every mm-hmm. time. And so Hannah wanted to, you know, when we got there, she's like, do you think that's really true? And we found that people were really that friendly. People were really that I think willing true. to help you out. In fact, mm-hmm. we were rushing home one day to the hotel, and it was raining, and we didn't have an umbrella, which we're used to from Washington. Right. Nobody has umbrellas. And this guy came out of a building, and he was so concerned that we didn't have an umbrella. Mm-hmm. And he's like, where's your umbrella? And he's holding his hands over his head. He didn't have an umbrella either. Yeah. But it was just funny that he was so concerned that we didn't have an umbrella as we ran through the... It wasn't even raining that hard. but mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's necessarily culture shock, but it was something we'd heard that was confirmed. What about you? I mean, you've been here long enough, having moved here, what, five years ago? Mm-hmm. What kinds of things shocked you the most when you moved here? For me, I didn't really have the culture shock here. But then when I was here for a while and I went back to Korea, I had a second culture shock. <laughs> what kinds of things suddenly stood out? Like, you know, first time we went back to uh, Korea after we lived here. And at the airport, I was just turned like maybe two seconds to talk to my husband. You know, hey, come up fast. And I turned back and there were two ladies in front of me already. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess I have to be aware of these things. And then... Not just that, they were like writing photos on my face, like they were not even bothered about giving me some like bubble, you know, personal <laughs> space at all. They were just like, their shoulders touching my shoulders and then their back of their head, it was right in front of my head. Okay, this is, I'm not used to it anymore, you know. That was surprising. I went home and talked about it to my parents. And my parents were laughing. You need personal space? Yeah, you need a personal space. Like, not well, to mention they cut in line. Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't expect that that would bother me that much. 
That's funny. Then funny thing is after I had that and I came back to America and then there were things that kind of bothered me again like oh transportation system is so bad here I cannot order deliver there's no delivery other than like cheap pizza uh, I cannot order anything at night you know even if I want to go someplace I have to drive you know mm -hmm. I was so I was complaining about both countries for a while but then I changed my mind okay let's look everything in different mindset if I go to Korea people have this great access to good transportations I can go eat food for cheaper price without tipping you know yeah tipping and, yeah <laughs> and I come here people will give me space and everybody will be smiling when I'm have an eye contact because that's not happening in Korea <laughs> so after that Everything kind of became easygoing and more relaxed thing and but That's having funny. both yeah culture shock in both countries it wasn't easy. <laughs> That's a good idea though. Look at the things that you gain in each country yeah. instead of the things that you lose. Is, yeah. You talked about your friends in Instagram who were from Thailand and Uruguay. Okay. That so had not experienced snow. Snow, yeah. So like how your friends from hot countries without any snow ever? Is there anything you want to experience like that? When it comes to weather, mm. I don't know if there's necessarily something that comes to mind. Other than I would love to go to a tropical location. Right. I mean, I went to Mexico 16 years ago, which kind of counts. But, I mean, this image I have of what it would be like to go to a tropical location and experience that sort of weather with the turquoise water and all of that. I've never really done that. Mm. I'd like, I would like to do something like that. Mm. But what I kind of have found fun about talking with people from different cultures in different countries is... Like, for example, when I posted the picture of snow and that the, the college student from Thailand said, mm -hmm. oh, that's so beautiful, I've never seen snow in real life, it kind of just made me reevaluate, like, looking at my own snow, thinking, what would it be like to not have that experience? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of looked at things with new eyes. I think having that kind of contact with people from other cultures, that's one of the, my favorite things about it. It makes you not just appreciate new things from their culture, mm -hmm. but it makes you kind of think about yours differently. Right. Even like what you were saying, how you left mm -hmm. and then you came back and it gave you a new perspective on your own culture. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a what has been happening with me, not just from traveling, but mm -hmm. from talking to people from other cultures, which I mentioned some of this on the blog, but also, you know, I've talked to people from a lot of different countries. Right, yeah. And sometimes it's interesting and fun because of it's so different from my experience. Mm. But sometimes it's cool because they're from a completely different culture, but when we talk about it and get to know each other, it's like we've had a lot of the same experiences, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my favorite thing. There are things I want to experience. I want to go visit other countries. I have a huge bucket list. I'll probably never get to all of them. <laughs> I would love to go to Europe and see some of the old history that's like visible history we right, don't really yeah, have here yeah, in America. Yeah. But really, I think it's more interesting to talk to the people and to get their perspective and to see how people view things differently mm. like that's really cool to me mm. what about you mm. like you said yeah it's interesting to listen to people who had the same experience but different perspectives on the same thing but also per having personal experience on a lot of stuffs are more fun for <laughs> definitely so I i'm planning a lot of uh travel this year and in the future but the things that i really want to experience is hot springs Oh, yeah. Like, we do have hot springs in Korea, too, but I really want to visit Iceland, this mm. blue lagoon and secret lagoon. Is that the one where the water looks milky? Yeah, kind of. And then it's like ice around yeah. it, surrounded by ice, and it looks so majestic, so gorgeous there. And also, this place called Pamukkale in Turkey. Mm -hmm. It's also like super mineral rich mm. thermal water. 
just flowing down the white terraces. It's gorgeous. I thought they were salt somehow. Maybe not. <laughs> but my friend visited Turkey like 10 years ago and then she had this picture. And ever since then, I was just, I'm just obsessed with it. Recently, there were certain things going on around Turkey. And so I'm kind of a little bit concerned about the safety, I, which I heard it's okay. I mean, if you were once you're there, like how people are worried about Korea situation right. all the time. Like well, we, I, when I was there, I had no problem. Like, okay, North Korea is going to do this. Or, you know, sometimes I think people not in South Korea are more concerned. More than concerned, people exactly. In South Korea. When something, whatever something happens and people send me personal message through Facebook and, hey, are you okay? Is your country okay? I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, you're fine. I guess that's different perspective as well from like inside of the Korea and outside of Korea. Well, because you've sort of been dealing with that Many, so long. Well, long. So yeah. it's different for them, I guess. But yeah, Turkey, I heard that once you're there, you wouldn't feel it's um, unsafe or anything, but still kind of with a baby, I kind of want to be... Yeah. Yeah, safe and kind of wait until... It's interesting, though. Yeah. Hannah went... A couple years ago, she went on a Mediterranean cruise with her grandmother, and mm. one of their stops was in Turkey. Mm. And she went to, like, the Grand Bazaar and went to visit... You know, visited some of the typical sightseeing places. Mm -hmm. But shortly after she was there, there was an incident in a place that she had been in. And oh. so it's weird to think, like, I was there. There, yeah. And then, like, a month later, there was something that happened there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you never know. I mean, I think... There's danger everywhere. It is. So you could stay where you are and you'd probably have some sort of danger. Or you could go somewhere else. I don't think you can avoid the potential for danger. So you just have to live your life. I, I, I Be smart, but... Yeah, we have to always be uh, smart and stay safe. And I mentioned my experience both in, in the Philippines and Australia, when I was in Australia. When I went to the Philippines, the city was quite a sim small city and it was not that well known for anything in for Korean people. It was quite shocking when I arrived at the airport and the airport was literally a bus terminal size and like chickens out there and there was no security system whatsoever. You just get off the plane, you just go through this place with a stamp, that was it. And I was nervous, is anybody going to pick me up? I don't know if I can, you know, stay here for another hour or anything. But in fact, that was one of the best experience I uh, had to stay in that place more than a month, you know. I stayed there, in fact, like three months. Everybody was so nice and everything was safe. There were like poor people, you know, without the house and growing chickens. And I could see those kind of things too. I felt really bad for it. They didn't have, in fact, um, proper bathrooms or mm -hmm. anything. So it was really hard for them to keep everything clean and hygiene was an issue for them but at the same time there are people who are real um very intellectual people intelligent people who were willing to talk about a lot of stuff you know happening in the world and that was really interesting too i never had any problem even if i went outside in the middle of the night to find my friends and meet up with my friends i didn't have any problem but when i went to australia which is countries known for uh, safety mm -hmm. and good, I mean, yeah, adventures. And I did have good adventures, but I ended up getting mugged by four people on Christmas Day, actually was. It's probably a bigger city too, though. Mm. You get a little, wasn't it, where you were? It, it was Perth, it's Western Australia. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the smallest city, but it wasn't that big of a city either. It was smaller than Portland. It was just Christmas night and 
I went outside the apartment complex, and there were four guys. That's and, scary. Yeah, I <laughs> never expected that would happen to me in Australia. So that kind of sort of destroyed my experience yeah. or expectations that I had in Australia. Well, I met good people, and I, I traveled a lot of uh, different cities in Australia. So that kind of brought me back to where I started with the positive, positive energy and everything, but that didn't have help. No, and I think that that shows that you go into it with expectations, but you have to be relatively open-minded right, about what yeah. you're going to end mm-hmm. up experiencing there. And, and I was reading an article once about how travel is going to benefit you the most if you don't go into it and only interact based on your own culture. Mm. Like if you're willing to think about what that culture has to offer mm. and to think about why they have the perspective they have based on their experiences, mm. you're going to end up having a better time while you're there. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah. So, I mean, you still, you still have to be safe and to consider that bad things can happen anywhere. Mm. But I think even knowing that, you have so much to gain by being willing well, to go yeah, out there and for sure. immerse yourself in other cultures. Yeah, sure. So this week on the podcast, we talked about culture sort of in a broader sense and our, through our experiences traveling, which if you have some interesting experiences to share or if something we said sparked an idea or a question, feel free to post those questions on our blog or email us and we will try to answer your questions or potentially address some of those things in future posts. Thanks for joining us. This is Jenny. This is Anya. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.